This is a Wild Gate Production Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Classic Phaser Podcast. I am DM Vince, and sitting to my right over here is Steven. Hi, everybody. Glad to be back and looking forward to going over some more Marvel stuff. Awesome. And as you can see, we're missing the Jeff this week, but sitting in his replacement seat, he is going to be the Jeff this week, but we're going to call him Corey because that's actually his name. Corey is from uh, our gaming group. He's played Marvel with us many times. He's also a GM for many, many years, so he has some good solid GMing advice. Corey, tell us a little bit about Corey. Uh, I'm not Jeff, but I can provide lots of insight into this wonderful world of Marvel. Is that what you wanted me to say, Vince? Yes, that's exactly what we wanted you to say. It's scripted. I'm just happy to be here. That's all. Anyway, we are back with another episode. We're going to get into some email questions and some questions from uh, Facebook and everything. And then we're going to go into our little bit of advice uh, that I picked two of the emails out that were really good emails that were dealing with GM advice. So first things first, we uh, asked the DM at theevildm.com is our email address where you can send us your emails in. And uh, let's get into the first one. If you're going to create new volumes with the deluxe city set set in cities beyond New York City or entries into the project, such as Road Trip or Hometown Heroes, which location would you choose and why? So basically they're asking for new deluxe city sets. And I know you've seen them, Stephen, many times, Corey, many times. They have the New York City supplement and they want to know what other cities do you think would make a great supplement for the game itself? Well, you always got Washington, D.C. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, White House, all that stuff, that government attacks, all the embassies from across. You could have a Latvia or Latveria, whatever. Uh, I would wasn't say Washington, D.C. Wasn't Latveria covered in the Doom box set? Probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, I would like to see maybe some California, some western parts of uh, western cities, because a lot of the, I mean Seattle, things like that. Ooh, yeah, Seattle'd be a good one. Yeah. How does Marvel handle Hollywood? <laughs> Hopefully, better than modern day. Yes. Uh, or DC, where Superman and Wonder Woman had to do that adult film together. <sighs> we don't talk about that. No. Yeah, I'd like to say maybe some Florida, you know, just some of the key states around because there really wasn't that many city box sets. And uh, I would like to see more like that. It it definitely would be interesting to see. Maybe something like Oklahoma City, something very it's a city, but it's much more rural, you know. Bigger than a pond, but smaller than a lake, you know, (laughs) never going to live that down. (laughs) No, never. Anyway, we'll just let's we'll head over to the next question. What technologies would you like to see included in the hardware section since the last time it was really updated was kind of the 80s and the 90s? What things would you like to see in that? Well, phones. Yeah. I mean, not really. You don't really need um, much of a write-up for a cell phone. It's, just a, it's a communication device that's now used. Yeah, but it's just something that I feel like it should be updated, you know? Tablets, computers. Yeah, tablets, computers. 
not to get sidetracked since this is Marvel focused, but I've seen this in like other '80s based games that we all enjoy, like Cyberpunk 2020. Yeah, a cell phone is like the high end technology. It's like you have to spend a lot of money to get a cell phone, because, and it's still all that. So, still huge. Yeah, they're the brick phones. Yeah, because yeah. well, that was from the '80s. They didn't think they get phones that are like you know this big now. So, oh, a little our phones now are like equivalent of their supercomputers in the 80s so yeah yeah there's a lot in the hardware that could probably be updated or even more teched out i would probably just rip off any modern day uh, blade runner 2024 or whatever the the newest one yeah uh, just steal tech from that yeah. the flying cars for example <laughs> that's a good idea yeah update some guns things like that because obviously tech uh modern technology for weaponry has advanced quite a bit since the 80s a lot of things were probably retired as well so i'm sure we're not still using those guns from world war ii in modern day settings now at this point so eh, i don't know it's, sometimes it's fun to kind of have an old gun used in a modern setting be kind of embarrassing for the supervillain who has the underground lair and then the good guys just get a hold of a bunker bomb <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true all right, cool. Uh, yeah, I'd just say, like to see some, like, maybe... You know, a good thing, actually, I was thinking about a, a 3D printer. Mm. But, like, the one that's a huge one that'll just, like, make, like, suits and stuff like that. Think of the... Um, uh, like, print out a car. Yeah, just think the of how Spider -Man, much... Spider-Man, uh, the one with fabricate. Toby where he builds his suit in the yeah. plane. Yeah. Or, yeah, like, in the... Uh, how they were using the fabricator in uh, No Way Home toward... Uh, um, or did you guys not see that? I'm sorry. I saw No Way Home. Okay, you know how they were using the fabricator when they were trying to do the uh, trying to cure the villains. That whole mach that little machine, how it went from a oh, giant yeah, machine yeah, to that yeah, little yeah. machine yeah, they yeah, were doing it with. Tiny little thing, yeah. Yeah. So maybe something like that they can use. Yeah, I'd be like to see something like that definitely. All right. Uh, have you ever had a campaign affected in ways by natural disasters, incidents that call for mass rescues? I don't think I've ever had a campaign like that. No, Other than mine, when you guys knock down buildings, <laughs> uh, I did have a. Well, in one of my, uh, it was Shadowrun campaigns. I think you were part of it briefly, Vince. Yes, you. <laughs> and then, uh, basically, there was a big natural disaster going on involving magic, but it wasn't the focus of the campaign. It was just kind of in the background. You know, it affected what they were doing, but it wasn't really a major thing. Basically somebody else solved the problem. They had nothing to do with it. They just experienced the effects. Hmm. That would be a pretty good tour. I could see that as a one or two, maybe up to three session event, especially like, what was it? The ultimates, how they ended that story arc where Magneto flooded New York and all of the heroes were trying to save as many of the citizens of New York as Spider-Man yeah. actually earned Jay Jonah's respect in that universe because he saw him, saving people left and right during the flood oh my God. Uh, as far as my own... a menace <laughs> no he actually saw him diving down and getting beat up help saving people from submerged cars and stuff like that and he's like maybe i was wrong but that aside my campaign the closest i've done is like building fires mm -hmm. where the heroes have to go in and rescue people because the bad guys set off bombs and bombs start fires and yeah yeah, closest I think had was when David was destroying buildings, like massively destroying <laughs> buildings. That was fun. Yeah. And people were just oh. kind of Yeah. 
that made it I in still. Yeah. My character you were made there. a giant metal dragon in the middle of San Antonio and shot out flashes everywhere. Yeah, that's no, true. You, you did a lot of bad stuff with that character. You were proud of me, Corey. Oh, I was. My character loved the fact that you were evil, but then hated it that you became less evil. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Do you allow players to kill the big bad early on? If so, how do you handle that? No, I do not. <laughs> we know that's your answer, Vince. It's always your answer. Big bads will always get away until I need you guys to kill him. I don't care how much you yeah. pursue him. As you guys know, it doesn't work out. I think they eventually did kill him, but he wasn't the big bad evil. He was just such a named character. You didn't want him to die. Yeah, I really didn't want named characters in the universe to be to be killed like that in the games i run i always give you the option i will always have a second big bad set up in reserve just in case you kill the first one i will let you do that i prefer just to be like yeah it was a clone because that's a that's an absolute marvel thing to do it's a clone that is true yep yep it's a clone you killed the clone what are those shield body double things that were their robots basically lsds no lsds yes lsl something uh, Life yeah, so decoy. Uh, yeah. 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 How would you handle it, Steven? It, do you lock, Honestly, you I would or? probably use something like that. Um, Life either it decoys. was a shapeshifter. I would make it where it wasn't the actual big, bad, evil guy, either shapeshifter, robot, clone, something that, okay, they took this guy out really fast. I might need to rewrite his stats. That wasn't really him. It's the whole Doom versus Doom bots scenario. It's like, yeah, yay, guys, we beat Dr. Doom. No, He's you didn't. No, you didn't. Yeah, exactly. It was bot Doom. Yeah, and all of a sudden he comes up on the screen. You never got me. <laughs> Something like that. If you think that was my power, you're pathetic. <laughs> That's right. Uh, now I really know how you guys work. You know, something silly like that. Yeah. But Corey always has a big bad in reserve I just always, in case. Whatever you okay. guys are playing, I always make an extra one. And the story just goes in a different direction. Because, I mean, if you guys managed to kill the big bad early on, either I didn't make him big and bad enough, or you guys got really creative or something. And you deserve to be rewarded for that, you know? You killed him. He's gone. But, oh, no, his son is, you know, taking over or just whatever. The son yeah, of the... Yeah. I've seen the alternative where you kill the big bad evil and the DM or GM has no idea what to do next and it just ends the game right then and there. Uh, like see, you're funny. an hour into your four hour session and you kill him. And he's like, well, I got nothing else going on. So oh. let me bust out the Catan board and go from there. No, my experience always have backup stories, backup missions, backup bad guys, always, especially with Vince hanging around. What do you mean? I don't kill people i mean characters void large chunks of stories i do I not step away from the plot belt i do yeah. not i lead the party in a different direction that's all <laughs> yeah yeah sure uh for those uh for those that run online games such as us uh do you prefer or i should say rephrase it are you looking forward to more in-person games or attending conventions or are you just enjoying the virtual atmosphere as it is and you know not having to change out of your slippers I prefer in person, but I got to admit, not having to wear pants while gaming, wonderful thing. I notice, and this will sound odd, when you're in person with your friends, you get a lot less gaming done because you're hanging out, you're shooting the shit as it were, you know. 
I've noticed this like in my personal other games, like when we're in person, we hang out more and then we'll try and like, okay, let's buckle down in game. And even then we'll still joke and stuff thing. When we're playing the like online aspect, you're kind of just doing that. I mean, you might be like on your own without a camera, you know, having a drink or getting up to use the restroom at your convenience. But I find the roll 20s are more focused on gaming. That's just my experience, though. I don't know. In our gaming sessions with me, you, Vince, David, we talk and just talk about not gaming and weird stuff constantly, man. But that's before we start, you know, streaming or recording. during the game, it still happens a lot. Well, that's just what happens when you hang out with your friends. I'm just saying it's more so, I've noticed. Uh, from my experiences, it, I don't know. yeah, because then you're waiting for everybody to get there, and while everybody you're waiting for people to get their shit out, you're like, oh, what's bullshit about this? And then, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. Oh, I gotta get a drink, and it's just like, see, Ugh. I listened to some of our older Marvel uh, podcasts three weeks ago or so, and we were doing so much more. We were actually getting more accomplished than when we went remote. We haven't played I think Marvel it's... since we were remote. Well, I'm not Marvel. The other. <laughs> any of our current games it's just we seem to when we're in person we would seem to more push each other along to the story and also arguments would be shorter a lot shorter not 30 minute arguments about parking the freaking truck you would well, also because... have more facial expressions going like dude read my face read the room we're done with this let's yeah. just go well Whereas that's because it... certain people in the group like to also prolong arguments because they think it's funny yeah, but it's harder to put a stop to it when it's remote as opposed to when you can just reach over and smack him. Well, I guess in this sit- certain situation, it's kind of just based on the group. Um, some yeah. people, if they do it online, they may be more focused. If they do it in person, they may chit-chat more. Or you might have the person or read the room kind of scenario. It's just depending on your gaming group. Yeah. I like virtual because then I could just be like, goodbye. Click. I know you. You're like, oh, yeah, we're done later. Click. No, we play and games right have... after, so shut up. <laughs> you don't have to wear pants. Just No, I wear pants, unlike Corey, apparently, who does not wear pants, which is... I gotta admit, thing. some gaming sessions, I've been in my boxers. <clears throat> anyway, let's go on to the next question. That's <laughs> uncomfortable. <sighs> yeah, why not? Do you reward players with good backstories when creating your characters, and what rewards do you give them? Corey just goes, yeah, 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 a lot and doesn't reward you, I've noticed. And hey, Steve hey, agrees. I do reward you. And in fact, I reward you by making your backstory part of the story. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, do you remember that uh, work I did with the lightsabers, Vince? And I wasn't bringing that one up. You spent all that time <laughs> with the lightsabers. And Corey's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Sarah's even saying to her, why don't you incorporate that? Because Steven did all that work. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll yes. just I'll just hide more red lightsabers under a rock for them. They'll forget hey, about hey. it. No, it, it's like I was gonna write a big story arc for you guys to get your crystals, but I never got around to it. I was being a little lazy. Yeah, Otherwise, but, yeah. yeah, I know. But Steven, I was too lazy to use it. Since no one's heard your style of GMing uh, other than here on this podcast, how would you handle this situation with someone with a backstory? Like, you know, we came with you with a cool backstory. I'm the lightsaber crystal. Steven guy coming to you. Honestly, I would probably reward it and implement it. I mean, they're saving me some work. I would have to make some narrative changes because you don't want them to know their whole plot as they wrote it themselves. But if this is a backstory situation, 
and it's really good, well, they just gave you a freebie story. So maybe give them a little bit of kudos. Um, I had one character who did artwork for the campaign. I mean, that's not narrative, but it's extra effort that they put into enhancing the game. Yeah, give them a little karma boost or give hey. them a in-game item that's not breaking, but they like. Um, yeah, well, I was going to reward you very greatly, Stephen, but we never actually got that far. We couldn't even make it to the damn academy, so. You were about like to. Two years. You were yeah. about to, okay? You were actually about to. I I'd started writing those story arcs, and Stephen, because he actually stuck to being a Jedi, he was going to be rewarded so much. Vince was going to have a very difficult time there. You know what? My character went the path of a Sith, and he didn't even try half the time. So. I honestly thought, and I know we're going away from Marvel, but I honestly thought it would have been a great story if Goody Two Shoes Cade ended up going Sith because he kept seeing the dark side rewarded and the light side just—they're idiots. That, Whereas uh, the that would have been great. Yeah, that would have been yeah. great. The count well, does become the Jedi. That was actually part of the story because that's actually why I gave Vince all that power and stuff because I was tempting you, Stephen. I was going to see if you were going to stick to it and be rewarded later on or give up and be rewarded now, but you would be punished later on. But we've veered away from the original question, I think. We can yeah. with Star Wars. <laughs> but as far as what I would do as a GM, if my players presented extra stuff that would enhance the story or their backstory was really good, yeah, reward them for that. They're taking their personal time. They're showing extra interest in the game. Don't dismiss yeah. it. Utilize it. I mean, they're doing when you a solid. Yeah, with the fantasy campaign that I'm running right now, I've just about every one of y'all gave me something for a background that I can incorporate. Steven, with your character, which I won't say. Corey, with your character, which I can't say either. Yes. Like, Jeff came with me with stuff. Even, even Rick, with his first character before he technically died um he had a whole bunch of stuff so it's funny how creative players can get when they get vested into a game steven got you got very vested and you were like you reading in the forums and you were reading books and you're like how about this how about that i'm like wow okay that's still doing that. I, I see that but anyway next question what do you think about players who create modern day aka real life religious based characters so for example the character that i'm playing in Corey's game is going to be in the big eye small mouth coming up for rollhiredie.com cheap hop uh i'm playing an actual character that is a catholic priest well and one he's in the stages of becoming a catholic priest he's a deacon right now and his eyes are being opened by how as Corey and I discussed how the church is not so great. Uh, what do you think? What do you guys think about characters like that? I don't mind it personally. So I, I don't mind it at all, really, as long as it doesn't get into a whole thing of soapboxing and yeah. an argument about, you know, this religion is the best religion, you know, and I hate this religion because I'm this religion. As long as it doesn't get into that stuff and you're just playing it kind of like how we're doing it, I'm okay with it. So well, the thing with we'll start with you, Stephen, go ahead. I'm sorry. The thing with Marvel is they kind of have an established religion that every religion is real. They have the Greek mythology. They have Egyptian mythology. They have the Norse mythology. It's all real in the comic book universe. Mm -hmm. So even uh, Catholicism, the one above all is God, basically. I yeah. mean, heck, he even had a one-on-one -on -one chit chat with Peter Parker before he decided to sell his marriage off to Mephisto. 
I mean, when God himself comes down and says, dude, it's time to let your Aunt May die, freaking listen to her or listen to him, it, God. But either way, there's already established you can have any religion in the Marvel game. But as long as you avoid the soapbox and try not to yeah. be too preachy, because players are there to be entertained, to have fun. If they want to go to church, they'll go on Wednesday or Sunday, for crying out loud. No, I agree. As long as they don't make make it an issue, it's fine. And you can get some pretty good stories out of it, too. Overall, no, no gamer really wants to be preached at from their other player characters in the group, the players in the group, or the book itself that you bought. There's nothing worse than buying a book and it's telling you, if you don't have the following things in your game or don't do the following things in your game, you are a insert here. We'll just leave it at that. Go on. <sighs> hmm? I don't know, whatever. I I, I, oh, today. That's right. He's Jeff, so he has to yeah, say those I things. I have to. I have to find spots to say that. I'm sorry. All right, here's, here comes a, a, a rulesy type question. Uh, when I learned how to play the game, my judge used a rule for blindsighting that acted in similar way to a surprise condition in the current 5e Dungeons and Dragons, which I'm not very familiar with. Uh, I swear... Reading the rules that mentioned the thing from Fantastic Four, or at least had a picture of him next to where I could read the rule, but I can't find it anywhere. Is it an official ruling on this? Yes, there is. I did look it up. There are two references to blindsighting. There is on the player's advanced book uh, under defensive actions, page 27. It mentions that if the attack is not in the character's line of vision, such as from behind, it does count as a blindsided attack. But there are actual rules for blindsighting itself, on page 30 of the same book, a few pages later, a character who is taken by surprise has a greater chance of being affected by an attack that, than one who is expecting it. You gain a plus two column shift to hit, and defending character cannot use karma. The judge has final say if and when a character is blindsided from behind, distracted, playing possum or example. So overall, the judge really has the final say. Now, that does not say... Uh, it does go to say that there are certain circumstances where people have extraordinary senses and abilities. They can't be blindsided under normal circumstances. Uh, there are some situations where those type of people can be blindsided if they're totally not expecting it. And the example they give was Aunt May attacking Spidey with a lead pipe from out of nowhere. So... <laughs> He didn't expect it from Aunt May because he thinks of Aunt May as an ally and a good person that someone would never attack him. Aunt May coming out of the kitchen with a friggin' lead pipe hitting him in the back of the head is like, what? <laughs> didn't yeah. expect it. His senses were down. He wasn't really ready for it. When or you're in the middle of... Simply... I was yeah. going to say, he can't sense venom. That too. Or... Uh... If you're in a situation over the battle and, you know, Corey just his character just got done beating the crap out of the villain and he hasn't moved in five minutes and he's approaching him, he's going to be like, you know, doing one of these, you know, kicking him with his foot, seeing if he's alive or not, yep. ready for that possum or last minute jump attack or something. Yeah. So there were your answers. I don't I didn't have a picture of the thing. I mean, unless there's some other book that he's referencing in that question, I don't know. I'm sure Captain Frost will come letting us know about this because yeah, he, he knows. Will. Yeah, I expect no less than 15 comments on this one issue. Yeah, one God. of my players, actually, his one of his main powers is invisibility while he fights, kind of like the Predator. He can do that camouflage thing. So, yeah, he uses blindsighting in almost every combat role. And the only way I've, as the GM, been able to counter it is some of the elite forces have the 
you know, heat vision goggles yeah. or infrared. So, yeah, they, they're able to counter it then, but those are only the elite troops. Your average MOOC has no idea what's happening. And even yeah. some of the other villains don't have those extra senses. So they, he gets the blindsiding almost every combat. Uh, just make the fight take place in like a flower factory where they kick up all the dust. And so he gets covered <laughs> every yeah, time. A lot of things that could happen like that. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like how Jeff built his character around charging with a shield. He never had a play, place to run with his shield because every time everything took place inside of a warehouse or oh. inside of a building. And he's like, damn it, I can't run and charge. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of goes into be careful of how you build a character a specific way because yeah, it can easily get countered. And I wasn't doing it on purpose. It just happened. All the villains were inside and in restaurants yeah. and things like that. It's like, where are you going to run, dude? You can't charge up. So. Or a guy with fire powers, and we're having a whole campaign in sewers. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Speaking that about characters fun. that act that way, <laughs> I did pick out two emails that are going to be the rest of the show here because they're kind of ta- talking about GM advice and troublesome type players. The first one is I have a player in my group that is normally a great gamer and role player, but at times when his character gets information that is vital to the group, he does not share it willingly, and often keeps it to himself. Other than not feeding the info to him and maybe penalizing him on karma, how do I fix this situation? Now, I have talked to him on the side, and he always says he will do better, but he does say this is how his character works. Help. Help in San Diego. There, I want to add it because it's a vice call. <laughs> uh, Corey, let's start with you. You're dealing with this player in your group. I'm lucky I have not had to deal with a player like that in my group, but honestly, it's like other than smacking him if you're in presence, I mean, you can try to bend the story or at least change it so that he has to give the information away or he'll like die. But I mean, short of just saying, hey, stop it, you bastard. I'm not sure what I would do. (laughs) Okay, Steven? You can always, as the GM, it would be kind of a jerk move, but sometimes it may be warranted. Put him on the spot. Like, yeah, he's keeping this information secret, like close to the chest. And then the other players come across it by a different means. And they learn that he knew about it. It's like, why didn't you tell us this was important? And have him justify himself to the party. It'll either put him out there and where he's like, okay, yeah, that's kind of a jerk move. And now everybody's mad at me in character as well as out. Or the party It'll, just won't trust him anymore. Yeah, and be like, see, that's goodbye. the problem is because knowing someone who is kind of like that, they would nobody would trust them anymore. And it really kind of breaks down the campaign, especially if you made one that requires them to work together. And then suddenly there's this issue where they can't work together. It kind of really messes everything up. I, my players, uh, maybe I'm blessed, but they they're friends first off so they work really well together and a lot of the information they kind of find as a group i really haven't done it where it's been a solo situation just yet and the one time it was like without me even prompting he was like hey guys by the way Uh, yeah see that's a good group of gamers vince vince can tell us his experience uh i have dealt with this before uh actually Definitely in the Marvel game, as everybody has heard that's listening to the Marvel X universe. I did have a player that did often keep vital information, and it was no secret that he was doing it because I did ask him, are you going to tell the group? And he said, not right now. (laughs) 
And there were various people in the group, and I think it might have been Steven at the time, saying, hello, you have to share that with us. And he did not. So it's kind of difficult to deal with those type of players other than talking to them, which doesn't work sometimes at all. And what you could do is start giving that player vital information that is incorrect and make sure the other players get the correct information when they need to. Oh, we can always swap information from NPC to NPC. It's no big deal. Just because, you know, it's slated for, you know, Queen BA versus Queen BC or something like that. Just swap them around. It's like it's like the when the players go into the old dungeon for uh, for D and D, and you put the room for them to go to with the big bad on the left, thinking they're gonna go to the right and all the way around, and then Corey's like, "I'm gonna follow the left wall right into the big bad." It's just like, just move him, just move him. I mean, I, that many times people would say that. Well, what am I supposed to do? Just move the room. That's all. Move it. Nothing says you can't. You're the GM. Do what you want. Let him kill the big bad. No, you don't let them kill the big bad <laughs> after that. That doesn't work that way. But, no, that seems a conflict of interest to have a player not want to work with the party when this is supposed to be a party. I mean, if he wants a solo session, work that out, but... To be fair, right. he was playing a villain at the time, so in my group. So you can kind of see villains sometimes will be yeah. dicks to one another. So This was like constant... Yeah, it was kind of constant, yes. But fortunately, I don't think this should happen too often when you're playing as heroes. You're no, heroes, guys, I mean, no, 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 no. Like no maybe exactly. the information is somebody finds out that the big bad is like the long-lost brother of one of the other players. is like, should we tell them? Should we not do that? That I can kind of see, but that would be a yeah. plot-relevant moral choice of the players, which would actually be interesting um, to see how they go about that, but that's a little different scenario than just somebody saying, okay, I know this. I ain't telling anybody. This is my secret. Yes. It does get annoying after a while. Well, then you just stop leaking the information to that person specifically. You like, okay, I can't trust as the GM to tell you, I'm going to go tell you over there. You, you seem reliable to the group party. So maybe that's the easiest option is just stop. Even if the person's in a position to get the info, they don't find anything. Maybe their role's just not good enough. It's like, I got a 99. I needed that 100. <laughs> yeah. It's also sometimes fun to see as a GM to see what that player will do with the information and how he handles it. And if he's going to work with the group or not, it is sometimes fun to do that because you know this person is not going to give the information. You give it to them and you're like, so what are you going to do? Yeah. I think I'll keep it to myself. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, God, as a player, I hate that. What's the party going to do? Yeah, pretty much. All right. The uh, last question I pulled out was, I have another player in my group. Well, this person has a lot of trouble in his group, apparently, (laughs) that likes to troll other players. Now, when I say troll, I mean he likes to pick on the other player in-game by making sure he doesn't get certain items that his character can use, or he'll hide this character's equipment on him it's small stuff but i notice it's messing with my campaign as now i have to write up things or make up things on the fly or make up random stories just to roll with this player's annoyance this player's annoyance in character with one another other than talking to him what else can i do Mackham. 
That's my answer to everything. You can't smack everybody, Corey. Reach through the computer and smack him. Okay. Honestly, this character or player seems like a bully, and that's definitely yeah. something as the GM you need to put a stop on pretty fast. It's like, why are you picking on this other person? I mean, if this is what your character would do, well, then it's justified for that person's character to slit your throat while you sleep, and as the DM, I'll allow it, or GM. I mean, we're playing Marvel here, but if you're Still. constantly bullying another player, that player's a superhero. They will kick your ass. I'll and as the GM, I'll, I'll let them. I'll give them advantage. Like, oh, this... Suddenly he has unbridled rage from constant picking. <laughs> so you picking. wouldn't do any, like, player armor or anything? You'd let him just be like, yep, he's, he's dead. No. If the player's being a jerk to the other guy, it's like, you kind of gotta let there be comeuppance and stuff. Otherwise, you're just kind of playing into the bullying. And this is, again, if talking to that person does not work. Yeah. Like, you went to the person, it's like, hey, man, I've seen you. This is just my observation. Do you have beef against this other player? It's like, no, no, we're just lighthearted fun. And then you can check with that other player. It's like, are you cool with this? And if they say, not really, this is kind of getting annoying. You, you need to be the one who interjects here. And again, if they the player doesn't change or anything like that, and you don't want to kick them, I feel like you probably do need to implement that there are consequences to your actions. And if, yeah. I don't know. Then, Scory, what are your thoughts here? Corey just wants to smack people. Good. That's all. Okay. No, I mean, no, that's, that's a good thing to do is like ultimately let their character just die off. So something, they have to replace it with something else. Somebody who's not a jerk. Yeah. As long as you say, Hey, you can't be the exact same thing. That might work, yeah. but we but had I mean, this problem happen many, many, many years ago. And when I was in high school, we were playing AD and D and there was this one guy in the group. His name was Jack. And he would always play like goody two shoe characters. So everybody in the group used to pick on his character in group in game. Wow, that sounds familiar. Yes, doesn't it, Steven? <laughs> we would. Uh, I didn't really do it much because I felt bad after a while because everybody was really pick- picking on him. But they would, <laughs> in the middle of adventuring, if the if we found like a closet, we'd jam him in the closet and stake the door down so he couldn't get out. And then other players would burn the door while he's in the closet. And the jam was just like, uh, okay, that's yeah. cool. Or in the middle of the night, they would somehow take his sword from him and uh, hanging off the side of the ship, so we heard it clanging the entire night, but he couldn't figure out where it was. Uh, they would take his clothes and throw it over, like, overboard. It, just small yeah. things like that. One time, I remember one of the players pushed him into a pit of skeletons. So. Why did this like guy not is... on his watch slit all of your throats or <laughs> yeah. steal the party loot and just disappear? Because he was a paladin, so he couldn't do that. Uh... Oh, well, then as a paladin, he should have been a badass mid like, you're not doing this anymore. And they're like, yeah, we are. It's like, he pulls out a Holy Avenger and be like, no, you're not. I am a paladin. Yeah. I'm not your chew toy. Choose now. He can stand and up if they for do himself. it again, he gave them fair warning. Smite. Yeah. But I guess the player didn't want to cause conflict with us, the issue. Yeah. At that point, that's just a person being a chew toy. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, do you? Try yeah, after to help a while, him? I was just—I was after a while, I was just like, you know, this isn't this isn't cool. I mean, he's got to be getting mad. <laughs> yeah, because that's that seems because some of that stuff seems like it's going a bit too far, you know. 
Yeah, but that's what people do. The when pushing into the skeletons would, as a paladin, would be attempted murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he, he had... rightfully could get out of that pit and beat the crap at any one of those people or kill them, pretty much. Yeah, stealing the sword, harmless prank, maybe yeah. even funny once in a blue moon. But once they start actually trying to locking him arm... in a closet, setting it on fire, yeah, yeah. that's. Too he never got hurt. I mean, <laughs> Phil, it, it's that's the attempted murder action, you know. I would be like Steven, let the players hash it out for themselves at first if they can't hash it out themselves. And it's something in game, I would probably put a kibosh to it and be like, yeah, it's enough. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Can't do that anymore. I think we've implemented something like that that was borderline bullying. Remember this? If you can. I remember it so well. But it was funny at first. And then oh, eventually sure. it got to the point where it was like, this is getting a little too far. And then. In another, and then in the game. next game, it was still brought up all the time. Yes, no, I remember that well. Oh, I, I had to squash that one after I saw Corey getting all annoyed at that. I was just like, you know what? Sarah, Let's stop. Sarah was getting so pissed at it, so pissed at it. Yeah, so we squashed it, and it's never really come back except for an occasional yeah, listener here I, or there. An occasional thing is like, that's fine, that's funny. It's an occasional <laughs> reference, but. It was constant. I think Sarah and I kept count one time. It was mentioned 15 times in one game. That was not the game that that was from. Jeez. Didn't you keep yeah. count of how many times Jeff was saying go on in one game? I did, but after like, I think it was 20, I was just like, you know what? It's, what's the point? Hmm. Yeah, I like it when characters from one campaign interact their joke seems to inflict a character from a, your newest campaign. And this is probably something that only happens with close-knit groups that have been gaming for a long time. Um, example of that was in our Marvel game when John lost his uh, pseudo-family from the Happy Universe. And they're like, oh, he's eating a sad sandwich, which was an Ulfric reference. It's like, <laughs> yes. No. The, the first time, we, I thought that was funny because it was, yeah, it was a callback. It's the first time, but then... Once again, kept saying it way too much. It's like yeah, the first time it was groups funny. Do. The groups the second do time, it's like, yeah, okay. Third, fourth, fifth, thirtieth time, it's like, that's not funny. But as far as like a player, you as the GM, clearly seeing one of your people getting bullied, try to put a stop to it either civilly, yeah. like talk to the people first, like find out what's going on, squash it if need be. And if talking to it doesn't work, well then revenge revenge yeah <laughs> kind of like put a hard mode gm action of yeah he's gonna beat you up now and i'm gonna allow it yeah all right cool. i agree <laughs> thumbs up all right cool well that's gonna be our show for this week uh if you have any questions or you want to suggest some topics please head over to the phase rip discord, uh, which we'll leave a link below. There's also the WGP roll higher die.com uh, roll uh, discord where you can ask phase rip questions or ask the DM at the evil DM.com. And you can ask your questions, suggest topics, contact me on Facebook for the evil dungeon master as well for those on Facebook. And I will always uh, answer you back as soon as I can. Uh, topics that you do suggest may or may not make the next show, depending on when you send them in, just so you know, we're not ignoring you just that we may play it on, put it on the, the docket for a previous. We're not, uh, we're not ignoring you, but you're Captain Frost. So, you know, I don't ignore Captain Frost. No, we actually don't. We look at all of his questions. It's, yeah. Captain Frost provides good questions. Yes, but he's my arch nemesis. So I have to occasionally insult him. 
All right. Well, with that said, uh, we're finally getting rid of Corey. He won't be back uh, yeah, next week. Yeah, that's it. Sorry. Did yep. the best he, I could. He played himself out. Jeff will be back, hopefully. Uh, and hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Jeff will be back for the next show in uh, two you, weeks. Man. You're welcome. <laughs> so for Steven and Corey, I'm going to say uh, Excelsior and keep original. Keep it old school. Good night, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to the Classic Face Rip Podcast. The thoughts and opinions expressed on the podcast are not the final word and are just what they are, opinions. If you'd like to catch up on all their episodes, head on over to ClassicFaceRip.com or if you want to check out the video shows live on YouTube, go to YouTube.com slash C slash The Evil DM. Again, that's YouTube.com slash C slash The Evil DM. Email us at AskTheDM at TheEvilDM.com. Thank you.